for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, take your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place tonight, Father. Open our eyes to the importance of your word and the importance of glorifying you in every single area of our life. I thank you for your anointing tonight. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that the words that come forth from my mouth will be received, they'll be understood, and revelation will burst in the heart of the people who are here. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 17. It says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18 says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All right, look at verse 17. He that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. Notice when you're born again into the kingdom of God, you become one spirit with God. Your nature is changed. Basically, you become a child of God, and basically your nature is just like his. You are a spirit you have a soul, which is your mind, will, emotions, and you live in this physical body. When you are born again, you became one spirit with who? With God. Your spirit basically contacts the spiritual realm. Your soul is, is used to contact the intellectual realm. And your body, of course, touches the natural realm. Now, here it talks about committing fornication. It says, when you commit fornication, notice, you sin against your body. Most people blame their body for all their problems and all their sins and this rotten old stinky body, this bad body that I got here. This, But notice the body did not sin. You sinned against your body. Now what part of you sins? Is it your spirit? Is it the real you? It can't be the real you because you are joined to the Lord and you are one with him. Does your body sin? Well, no. It says here that your body didn't sin. So what part of you sins? Your soul. Your soul basically sins against your body, that means your soul affects your physical body. Say, my soul affects my physical body. Now we know that because people have talked about worry, they've talked about fear, all these things are in your soul, but how many of you know they will also affect your physical body? So your spirit's not the problem, your body is not the problem, basically your soul is the problem. That's why you can get born again. The Bible tells us to renew our mind or our soul on the Word of God. Look at 19 again. It says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So God bought you with a price. We found out in one of the other classes it was the blood. Now we're supposed to glorify God in our body and in our spirit. Now, you will never do these two things if you do not renew your mind or purify your soul. In other words, your spirit's already born again, but you'll never glorify God in your spirit and your body unless you hook your soul up to God and what he does. That's the only way that you will ever glorify God in your soul or in your body and in your spirit. All right, go to Ezekiel chapter 18.
Ezekiel chapter 18, look at verse 4. Did you find it? I know it's a little trickier. Ezekiel 18, 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also is the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall do what? Die. So notice here it tells us all souls are God's. How many know that God wills that nobody perishes? God wants everybody to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, which is a renewing of your mind. The soul of the Father is his. The soul of the Son is his. But notice the soul that sins, what will happen to it? It will die. Now it's not talking about your body here. It's talking about your soul. The soul that sins, it shall die. So sin basically affected all three parts of you. It affects you spiritually, your soul, and your body. Sin caused Adam to die spiritually, caused him to die in his soul. He went into fear, guilt, and condemnation. Remember when God arrived, he said, I hid in the bushes because I was what? Afraid. And later on, after all that, he then died physically. So sin affected all three parts of you. It's spirit, soul, and body. And the soul that sins shall do what? It shall die. Go to Leviticus 17. Leviticus 17. All right, look at verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Notice, the life of the flesh is where? It's in the blood. So the life of your body is where? It's in the blood, isn't it? If you take the blood out of the body, you die. They call that bleeding to death. Have you ever heard that? So when all the blood runs out of your body, you will basically die. Even though you're still a spirit, even though you still have a soul, there is no life flow to your body because the blood that is the life flow to your body has been drained out of your body. Are you following me? So sin affects the spirit. Sin also affected your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. But sin also affected the blood. That's how death passed from generations, from generations, from Adam to all men. It passed through the blood. It did not pass spirit to spirit. It did not pass soul to soul. It passed through the blood. So since sin affected the blood, it then affected the physical body because the blood is the life of the physical body. Are you following me? Praise God. So the life of the body is the blood. Look at verse 11 again. It says in the last verse, the blood makes an atonement for what? The soul. So the blood was given in atonement for the soul. In other words, Jesus' blood atoned for our what? For our souls. Say the blood atoned for the souls. So his blood that he shed affected our souls, but then the soul in turn also affects our blood. Are you with me? So the sin basically affects our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, but the soul also affects our blood that flows through our body. An example was when Adam sinned, he died spiritually. He got a contaminated soul. He was guilty. He was fear. He was in condemnation. 
And the contaminated soul then contaminated man through generations. In other words, everything passed down from Adam to us did not come through his spirit, did not come through his soul. It came through his blood that was passed down. It's not transferred spirit to spirit. It's not transferred soul to soul, but it's transferred through the blood. Notice when I had kids, I did not transfer my spirit into them. I did not transfer my soul into them. My blood was the reason why they exist because they came from my blood. So the results were we were born sinners. Why were we born sinners? Because we cussed in our mother's womb? Because we robbed something there? No, because of the blood of Adam came. We were born from the blood of Adam. Therefore, we got his basically nature at that time. And the blood basically he passed down to us made us that way. The contaminated blood of Adam, basically every man came from it. Somewhere along the line, no matter what number are you. So basically, whether you sinned or not, you were born that way because Adam's blood basically was passed down. The contaminated blood of Adam that was in his life was then passed down to every, say every, every generation. So Adam's blood was contaminated. Why? Because his soul sinned and died, and when it did, it affected his blood. And through his blood now, he passed down his life to every single person. And you can see this in the Old Testament. You've got Abraham. Abraham comes before a king. He has a beautiful wife named Sarah. He doesn't want her stolen, so he simply lies and said, It's my sister. It's not my wife. Later on, years later, he has a son named Isaac. Isaac before the king. He has a beautiful wife by the name of Rebekah. When he goes there, he's afraid he's going to get killed. So what did he do? He lied and said it was his sister. Now, do you think Abraham sat down with Isaac in his early years and said, this is what I want you to do in this situation? I want you to lie if anybody tries to get your wife? No, it was passed down from Abraham to Isaac through the blood, basically. It was passed down, and his blood was contaminated. So since Abraham lied, Isaac lied. Are you following me? My boys, when they were born and as they grew up, they acted like me. They responded like me. They have characteristics of me. They have traits at me at a very young age. They didn't get my spirit. They certainly didn't get my soul. They got my blood. Are you following me? So all those things were passed down into blood. So the life of the father is in his blood, and it's passed down from generation to generation. The Bible says the sins of the father are passed down through generations to the son. Well, how are they passed down? By the blood. The blood, which is the life in the body, is passed down. So everyone who's born basically from the blood of a man, basically in that blood, was ever in there, is transferred to the offspring basically when they're born. Now, God wants us sanctified wholly, his whole spirit, our soul, and our body. When we got born again, your spirit was born again. Your soul basically needs to be renewed to the Word of God, but how does your body get changed to line up and get in its redemption? We know that we're born again spiritually. We know that we renew our mind through the Word of God, but how does our body line up and change basically into the kingdom of God the way God wants it? Go to James chapter 2.
All right, James chapter 2, look at verse 26. It says, for as the body without the spirit is what? Dead. dead. So faith without works is also dead also. Here it says basically, the body without the spirit is what? Dead. Is dead. The body without the spirit. So the body or the flesh without the spirit basically dies. So you can die a couple different ways. Number one, you who are a spirit being can leave your body or your blood can leave your body. Either way, you will die. The life of your body is in the blood, and it's in the spirit on the inside of you. So there's a link between the spirit and a link between the blood and a link between the body because the blood flows into your physical body. That's why your body can die with all the blood in it. How many know you don't have to lose any blood in order to die? But once you die, how many know your blood's not like it was before? Because the spirit was connected to your blood and it was keeping your blood flowing and being the blood that you needed at the time. So the spirit affects the blood, but it affects the blood through the soul. The spirit affects the blood through what? The soul. The soul. Jesus' blood then was given in atonement for your soul. What for? So your soul could be purified back to the state it was when Adam was originally created before sin affected him. So the spirit, who you are, affects the blood through your soul. Jesus bought all of you back on the cross. How many of you know that? His spirit for your spirit. His soul was bought by the blood for your soul. And he gave his body for your body. So he paid for all three. How many know that's good? Because if you just paid for your spirit, not for your soul, then you'd act just like you did before you got born again. If you didn't pay for your body, then divine health would not be available to you because it's already been affected by the sin that's already in your blood. All right, go to John chapter 1. All right, John chapter 1, look at verse 12. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of who? Of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here it says, as many as received him, how many of you have? You were born again, and he gave you power and authority. We've been studying that on Sunday morning, to become a son of God. In other words, when you got born again, you now have the authority and the power to become a son of God. A son of God basically here is, is the offspring of God. They're born of God. They're the God kind of man, and they are sanctified spirit soul and body the Holy Spirit is in your spirit he comes out of your soul and he can get into your physical body here it says you were born not of blood not of the will of the flesh not of the will of man but you were born of who you were born of God so the new birth is a spiritual birth and now you have power to change and act and live like a son of God how am I going to do that? I am going to have to renew my soul. Well, the soul, we already found out, affects the blood, don't it? 
because that's how we died in the first place. That's how death came into the world. Adam sinned. It affected his soul. His soul got in his blood. His blood got in his body and basically killed his body. So as we renew our mind or our soul, how many of you know it will affect our physical body because our soul affects the blood, which affects our body. So in Adam, the spirit died. The soul died and was contaminated. The blood then got contaminated. So Adam basically, over a long period of time, died. And every person born is going to die. Why? Because they were born, basically. And when they were born on this earth, they had Adam blood in them. And that Adam blood was contaminated. And that blood will kill your physical body. Are you following me? You know, if Adam would have never sinned, nobody would ever die. It's always be here. There'd be no death. There'd be no time. There'd be none of that stuff, praise God. In Christ Jesus now, we are reborn. We're born again in the image and likeness of God. We are commanded to renew our mind on the word of God. What does that do? It affects our blood. It purifies our blood, which then flows into our physical body and gives life to our physical body. The word was made flesh. How many know the word was made organs? The word was made skin. The word was made blood. The word was made tissues. The word was made muscles. The word of God was made flesh. The word became a living breathing, physical person, Jesus Christ, that you could see and you could touch. How many believe the word today is just as powerful as it was years ago? How many know that it's still alive today? So when you were born again, the word of God abode in your spirit. That word now has to get out into your soul. Once it gets in and starts purifying your soul, what will it affect? The blood. And what will the blood affect? Your body. Hallelujah. It's just a reverse of what happened before. It went the opposite way. Now God comes back and says, hey, I'm going to get your born again spirit. You're going to renew your mind. That's going to purify your blood. Your blood's going to flow into your physical body. And when it's sanctified blood, basically you're going to live in divine health. So Jesus gave his blood for our souls. Now only his blood could do it. How many of you know that? Every other blood was contaminated. Nobody else could die for you. Nobody else could do it. It had to take pure blood in order to do that. You know, you read the Bible, it really only calls two people sons of God. Do you know that? It calls Adam because he was in the beginning, and he calls Jesus because he was. Why? Because they're the only two that really came out of the inside of God and were born of God with God's nature, basically, and basically with the soul and also with the body. So he had to do it. Now, let me ask you a question. Did a contaminated soul contaminate the blood and affect the physical body in Adam. It did, didn't it? I mean, it contaminated his soul. Once his soul got contaminated, we found out that the soul affects the blood. It contaminated the blood, and the blood got into his physical body, and basically sooner or later he was going to die along with every other man, basically because of their body. All right, well, if a contaminated soul can contaminate the blood and affect the body, then will a purified soul purify the blood and affect the physical body. Hallelujah. People don't understand how important the Word of God is. I'm telling you right now. You don't understand how important it is. As you put that Word of God in you, what does it do? The Bible says you want to purify your soul, obey and act on the Word or act on the truth. So as I learn the truth, as I obey the truth, basically a contaminated soul that was contaminated starts to get purified. The more it gets purified, the more it affects my blood. The more it affects my blood, the more it flows into my physical body, into my organs, into my everything that I've got. Basically, what's it doing? It's bringing life now to my physical body. Somebody gets born again and don't purify their soul, there's still no life flow into their physical body. 
So what are they? They're sick. They're living in unforgiveness. They're living in offense. They're living in this. Their soul's still contaminated. So their blood's still contaminated. So they're still suffering with sickness and disease. The more renewed and purified your soul gets, the less physical problems you will have because the blood will flow through your physical body, purified blood, and it will keep you free from sickness and from disease. See, we don't understand this. We're out there doing drugs, doing all this stuff. Get your nose in the book, man. I'm telling you right now. Get in there. Renew your mind. Let it do what it's supposed to do. The Word of God will do it, praise God. So the Word abides in your spirit. The Bible says the truth is already in you when you were born again. It's in you, but now it has to come out of you. Get into your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and imagination, and it will purify it as you obey the word. Say, obey the word. Notice, it does not say know the word. Many Christians know the word. They got books about the word. They can tell you where it is, but if you're not doing what the word tells you to do, you're just wasting your time. You're just looking smart. Yeah, I've got all these books by so-and-so and all these books by so-and-so. Are you doing any of it? No, but I've got all these books by so-and-so. You know, If you're not going to do it, that's what purifies your mind. When, when, you get, when you get in a situation basically to where you're run into a problem where you need to forgive, you just don't need to know the Scripture, I should forgive. You need to do the Scripture that says I should forgive. And by doing the Scripture, what am I doing? I'm purifying my soul. See, your soul is just like a computer. You know that? Whatever you take into it, it's going to think. You take information out, and my God, is there information out there right now? You can't get away from it. And most people are right here all day long sucking in information about this and about that. It's going in their minds, and their heads are spinning and everything going. You need to be able to, to allow your mind to be filled with the right thing, which basically is the Word of God. So the more you act on the Word of God. When I first heard about tithing, I thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why would I take 10% of my hard-earned money and give it to that guy up there? Why? So he can get a new suit? He's already got plenty of them, and I got none of them. But the more that I did it, the more my soul was purified. Now there's no argument. When I get up on Sunday morning, I say, should I tie? Should I tie? Should I? No, I'm writing that check out. I'm happy about that check. I might add a little bit to it if I feel good that day, praise God, or do whatever. Why? Because I've purified my soul. Are you following me? Basically, now where my soul has ganged up with my spirit, it's controlling basically my blood, and it flows into my physical body and brings healing and health to me in different areas of my life. So not just hearing the word is not enough. You can hear it, you can hear it, you can hear it. You've got to do what the word says, or your soul's just going to stay where it is. I mean, you can... A diet, everything else that you do is a practice. You've got to train your mind to do it. How many of you know that? A habit takes time to develop a habit. You don't do it two days and say, now nah, i got a habit. No, it takes a lot longer than that. It doesn't work that way. So what do I want to do? I want to purify my soul. So I'm going to tithe. I'm going to love those who are unlovable. My feelings are going, eh, and my soul is going, eh, but I, I know what it's supposed to do, so I'm going to do it. And every time I do that, a little bit more purification, your soul says, well, that wasn't so bad, I guess. Wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know. So you do it. So I forgive. Somebody offends me, what do I do? I, I catch it and I leave it go right away. Why is that? Because I don't want that contaminating my soul, which will get in my blood and it will contaminate my body. That's why people who are wrecks out there all the time always have physical, oh, my arm, my back, my hind end, everything. Oh, my goodness sakes, I hurt all over the place. Well, you ought to hurt all over the place because basically it's coming out of your soul, getting in your blood, and your blood is going into the physical body. Are you following me? That's why people who are depressed, I mean, no, they're, they're not full of life. 
They're not full of anything, praise God, but despair and stuff. Why is that? Because it all depends on the purification of the soul, basically, which then purifies our blood, which flows into our physical body. See, we just want to put the physical body over here someplace, and then we want to deal with the spirit and soul and just say, well, whatever happens to it, happens to it. You know, it's sick, it's live, it's good, it's bad, it's whatever. But they're all connected. How many know God knows what he's doing? Come on, when he made you a spirit, he made you a soul, and he made you blood on the inside of you, and that blood is the life of the body on the inside of you, and it flows into your physical body, it flows into your heart, it flows into your kidneys, it flows into your organs, it flows into your... That's why the Bible says, if you'll attend to my word, if you'll keep it in the midst of your heart, if you'll listen to my word, it will be health to what? All your flesh. Well, how's that? How am I going to take this, and how is this going to heal me when i got a chest problem? Huh? Am I going to take the Bible and hit me with it? How's this going to get in here? Well, it's going to get here by getting in here. And once it gets in here, it gets in the blood. Once it gets in the blood, it gets into your physical body and healing comes. See, you're healing. You're healing for a lot of diseases and most of them doesn't come from out here. It comes from in here. That's why all the medicines they come up with, all the treatments they come up with aren't as good as what God's got. Because God doesn't have to use all these things from out here. He can do the work in here. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body, not from out here someplace, from in here. The spirit will quicken your mortal, will make alive, will refresh, will make strong, will get your physical body again. But it's only going to do it if you can connect with the spirit through your thought life and through your soul. Remember the Bible words in Ephesians chapter 3, I think verse 20, where God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. Praise God for that. I love that but then it says all above all you can ask or think oh well I just thought he did it I just thought God did it he's sovereign you know he can do whatever he wants to do what's my thought life got to do with it what's my thinking got to do with it? a lot that's what it's got to do with it a lot that's why over and over renew your mind put off the old man put on the new man Please, line up with the word. What's God saying? This is what you got to do. This is the spiritual kingdom way of doing things. It's not the natural way of doing things, but it's the kingdom way of doing it. So every time I get an opportunity to obey the word, obey it. Do it. Why is that? Because you're purifying your soul, which purifies your body. And the purification of your body basically then purifies your blood. And the blood flows into your blood, and you've got healthy blood then, praise God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 4. All right, Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse 12. For the word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Here it says the word of God, which we already found out became flesh, is alive, it is powerful, and here it says it will affect your spirit, it will affect your soul, it will affect what? Your joints and your marrow. How many know those are physical things? So the word will affect your spirit, in your spirit. It'll affect your soul, basically, to renew your mind. But how does it get into your natural joints, bones, and marrow? How does it get in there? I know I got born again. I know it works on my thought life. But how does it get from there into my marrow and into my bones and into my organs and everything else? It gets in there through the blood. 
comes through the blood. So the word will renew or purify the contaminated soul. It'll purify your blood and the life of the body, joints and marrow, will be affected by the blood that came from the purified soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm getting excited about this. Man, I'm telling you what. Hallelujah. That's why young couples, if young couples can do it right, start dating at 20, love the Lord, go to church, get in the word, pressure in, renew their mind from all the junk that they got passed down from their parents and get that out of there and then have a child with more purified blood, that child will not have to go through what they went through and they will not suffer the sins of their father down the next generation, the next generation, and the next generation. Basically, my whole family drank. My dad drank. My grandpa drank. We were caresses, and bless God, we were drinkers. That's what we did. That was our job. See, that's just the way it was from one generation to the next generation. So when I got to be 15 years old, 14 years old, guess what? It was time to be a man, praise God. So it was time to dump them. So for 16 years, I was out there drinking. Why? Because everybody else was, that's what I do. That was in my blood, praise God. You hear? It's in your blood. Yeah, it was in my blood. So I was out there doing all that stuff. Then at 30, I got born again, and I got delivered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. At that time, I started studying the Word. I started preaching the Word. Then I had my kids after, say after, so my kids don't have to fight with an alcohol problem. They don't have to fight with that. Why? Because I'd already purified my blood and been delivered from that. So I stopped that generational curse right there. See, it's more than just say, you're uncursed. Go curse. Be free curse. Go curse. No, it's a purifying of your soul, and they don't have to go through all that deliverance stuff as we purify our soul. So young couples now have an opportunity to do that. They can purify their soul in the Word of God. Then they have a child, and the man's no longer what he used to be, praise God. So they don't suffer from that that comes in. How many know that health problems? The first thing you do when I go to the doctor, they'll say, I've been having a chest pain here. You'll say, did your mom have heart problems? Come on, did your grandma have heart problems? Have you had it running in your family for a long time? And you'll say, yes, I have. And they'll send you for every test in the United States, praise God, to find. Come on now. They'll test you all over the place. Why is that? Because it was passed down from one bloodline to the next bloodline to the next bloodline to the next bloodline. It's time to put an end to it. See, it's time to stop that stuff. It's time to cut it off, praise God. It's time to give James a break from delivering people for that. And don't let him get it in the first place and he won't have to bother with that. Are you following me? Arthritis, everybody's had arthritis, praise God, in our family. We've just got it. I mean, there's a neighbor we got back in New Washington who's all crippled up and everything. His mom had crippling arthritis at like 50 and never got out of the wheelchair, and here he is. And, you know, I fear for his son right now. Why? Because he had a son, and, I mean, if it's still there, so praying against it, believing God. But I'm telling you what, it's passed down from generation to generation. But how? We never understood there. How is it passed down? Well, I guess their soul just jumps into the body of the young kid and their spirit gets in there and then they get down. It comes down through the blood. It's very simple the way it comes down. It comes down through the blood, basically. But you can purify your blood, the Bible says. So the Word of God here says, praise God, it'll affect your spirit, it'll affect your soul, it'll affect your body. How's it going to get from the Word of God and the Bible into my flesh? Well, we know that most things get into our flesh by eating it. You know, you can't eat the Bible. You can take a bite, chew it for quite a while, but it's not really going to help you very much. You need to put the Word once again in your heart and in your mind to be born again with the incorruptible seed. It will renew your mind, purify from contamination, purify the blood, and the blood will flow into the life which is your flesh. The blood will carry health to your joints and to your moral and to every single part of you as you renew your mind. All right, go to Proverbs 4. I quoted this, but we better look at it.
So how important is the word of God? How much do you want to purify your soul and your blood? Well, I never read the word of God yet. I know. I know just by looking at you. You got no joy. You got no peace. You got problems all over the place. You got why? You haven't purified your soul and you're just living the way that you're living, praise God. That's why the word of God is so important. All right, Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20, my son or my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Health to all their flesh. Well, how does that scripture and how does the word of God get from there into my body to heal my body? Is it just because I'm reading the word like God told me and he's going to heal me because I'm being a good little boy? Because he told me to read the word and I'm reading the word. And look at me, God, I'm reading the word. Now you've got to heal me. No, that's not it. You're basically attending to it. You're spending time in it. Notice. But everybody in the church knows this scripture. It's covered quite a bit. In your Bible, it's probably underlined, crossed, you know, got four stars by it. But nobody does it. Doctor comes and tells you to take 14 pills tomorrow. You know what you'll do? You'll go home, you'll get them. You don't care what they cost. You'll take 14 pills the next day. God tells you to attend to my word, put it in your heart, put it in your mind, and it's going to heal your body. Oh, that's a good scripture. I got that memorized. It's just a great scripture. I love that scripture. Proverbs chapter 4. It's my favorite. Notice that's not going to do you any good. God's saying, hey, you want to live in divine health? Here's a good way to do it right here. Get in the word. Now, if you don't understand that, you're going to say, but well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I'm going to read the word and all at once healing's going to come to me. Give me a break. No, and we always said, well, it's by faith. No, it's by faith, believing what it says, renewing your mind, getting in your blood, purifying your blood, and then your blood flows to all your... I mean, think about it. Whenever they run a test and find out what's wrong with you, what's the first thing they do? Take your blood. First thing they do every time. Don't even care. Don't even care where you're hurt. Don't even care anything out. We're going to take some blood out of you. That's the first thing we're going to do. Why? Because the blood tells a lot of things. And God's trying to get across to the body of Christ that the blood does tell a lot of things. But you can uncontaminate your blood, praise God, by renewing your mind on the word of God. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 5. All right, Ephesians 5, look at verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may, might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought to men to love their wives even as their own bodies, for he that loves his wife loves himself. Once again, look at it. Verse 27, well, verse 26 that he might sanctify the church and cleanse it with the washing of water by what? The word. word. So here he says, what do I want to do? I want to wash each person with the water of the word. Now, how are we going to do that? Are we going to pick up a Bible made of soap and we're going to wash in the word and we're going to clean all up and then go back in the shower and wash off and do it? And we got a bar of soap called Bible soap and you're supposed to wash yourself off so you want to do your mind real good and you want to do all this stuff. See, we don't even think about this stuff. We just read it and we don't even know what it's talking about, for goodness sakes. But no, God, God works everything inside out. That's why if you're going to live by stuff out here, you're going to end up with a fruit nut and a flake before you're over with. See? Oh, that, what happened over there? No, what happened in here? Yeah. See, the washing of the water of the word comes from the inside out. 
not from the outside on. Basically, and what does it do? It hooks you up, the Word of God in you, to the Spirit of God who's in your spirit, and the Spirit is in there to quicken, make alive, and strengthen your mortal body. How does He do it? Through the inside, through purifying your blood that moves into you, praise God. So your spirit, there's no problem there, you're one with the Lord. When you got born again, you are one with the Lord, praise God. That's who you are. So the problem is what? It's your soul, your conscience. It's the way that you think. So what do we want to do? We want to purify our soul. How We want to wash our mind. How are we going to wash our mind and our soul? With the water of the word of God, basically, getting on the inside of us so the word abides in us. It's going to purify our soul, purify our blood, flow into our physical body, and bring healing to all of our body. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 9. You asked for it, praise God. Just think how easy the homeworks will be. All right, Hebrews chapter 9. Now this scripture will make a little more sense for you. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience or cleanse your mind from dead works to serve the living God. Here it talks about once again, what did Jesus' blood do? Jesus' blood was shed for our souls. What's it for? To give us the opportunity now to purify our souls, purify our conscience. What happens after we purify our conscience? We are going to be free from dead works, to serve the living God. That shows you that dead works is an enemy to your soul, to your body, and to yourself. In other words, religion, let me just put it out there, religion is an enemy to you. Not going to help you. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You keep trying hard, God's going to like you. You keep doing this stuff. All that stuff will, will not purify your soul because it always ends up in guilt condemnation because you can't live good enough. God wants me to be righteous. I'm doing my best. Praise God. I'm going to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. I'm just praying all the time. I'm just trying to become righteous. And I wonder if I did enough. Today I did enough, but I didn't do enough yesterday. I know I didn't do enough. But I'll do enough tomorrow. I'll make up for it tomorrow. Back and forth. What, what are you affecting? Your soul's all messed up. Well, if your soul's messed up, your blood be messed up, your blood messed up, guess what? Your physical body's going to be messed up too. So no more dead works to do that. What am I going to do? I'm going to say, he made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Huh. Well, no sense trying to be righteous anymore. I am, praise God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You don't look righteous. I don't care what I look like. He said, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, what did you do yesterday? Don't matter. I'm not looking at what I did yesterday. I'm looking at the blood that made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Now what I'm doing, I'm purifying my soul. I'm getting rid of dead works. Thank God. Dead works will wear you out, man. Getting rid of dead works. And I simply, I'm just going to believe him. Believe what he says. He says, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm raised and seated. There I am. Praise God. At the right hand of the Father. Far above all. Principality, power, might, and dominion. Glory to God. That's who I am. I wish I could get up there. We'll keep wishing. It's going to be a long ladder for you. See, because all this stuff we couldn't do. That's Old Testament. Don't you see that? People in the Old Testament couldn't do this stuff. That's why they were so miserable. We don't have to do it. He did it for us. He fulfilled the promises for us. So they all belonged to us. So I'm going to put faith in the Word of God. I'm going to renew. Hey, listen to me. We don't do that, soul. You hear me? We, we don't do this fornication stuff. We don't do that stuff because we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Praise God. The Bible says, awake to righteousness and sin not. It don't say quit sinning, then awake to righteousness. 
says, once you wake up that you're a righteous person, you won't see yourself sin anymore or even want to sin anymore. Why? Because I'm the righteousness of God. Once you see yourself a healed person, I mean, you won't see yourself sick anymore. You'll see yourself healed. And when you get a symptom in your body, you'll say, that, that's ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to do that because I'm a healed person. Why? Because my soul has been renewed, gotten in my blood. My blood's now flowing to my physical body. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the blood of Christ was given for atonement for the soul. Purge your conscience, your soul. Eliminate guilt, condemnation, and fear. Praise God. Jesus, a spirit for your spirit, blood for your soul, the word to wash your body from the inside out. Spirit. Blood, water, word is the total. What's that give you? Complete sanctification and the total redemption that God has already paid for you. You are totally redeemed. All right, go to First John. All right, 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 6. Talking about Jesus, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood at all these three also do what? Agree. So notice here is Jesus came by water and blood, not just by water. Why not just by water? Because our souls would not be able to be purified because he had to shed the blood in order to pay for our souls so that they could be purified. Remember way back about half hour ago? So notice he not only came by water, but he also came by blood. He needed the blood of Christ to uncontaminate our soul. The word then purifies our body from the inside out. That equals us to have an opportunity to live in divine health. There's three on earth. What are they? His spirit for my spirit, his blood for my soul, and his water to uncontaminate my soul and wash my body so that blood gets into my joints and marls and heals every portion of my body. Is it possible to be sanctified Holy Spirit, soul, and body? It is, isn't it? It's just not in the Bible, and he throws that out there and says, well, here it is, but you'll never do it, so don't even try. No, he throws it out there so that we will do it. Hallelujah. How about communion? Have you ever thought about communion? When we go to communion, we basically take the body and we take the blood. No spirit. Why not? Because in order to take communion, you should be born again. That's the whole point. Hallelujah. So your spiritual being, you're born again, you're already born again. It, no reason should be taking communion if you're not. The communion basically is I'm taking the blood for my soul and I'm taking the bread for the word of God and my body. What for? So that my soul can prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. Hallelujah. So what's that mean? It's a representation. Yeah, I'm doing that in the name of Jesus. What do you do? His blood was paid for my soul. His body is for my body that I can now feed on the word of God and contaminate my soul and live in divine health. That's why it says even in the words in Corinthians where it says about many are sick and weak. Why is that? They don't understand what they're doing. They're just trying to do it. Here we go. We love you, Jesus. We're going on. You might as well understand what you're doing, don't you think? Praise God. All right. All right, go to First John chapter 1. Go up to verse 6 now. First John 1, 6. 
if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not know the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from what? All sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Here it says, if you'll walk in the light, all right, well, what happens if I slip into darkness and I sin? The first thing that will happen to you is your soul will be convicted that you did a no-no. How many ever had your soul tell you you did a no-no? So what am I going to do? I'm going to repent. Why? Because the blood then cleanses me from all the contamination that's trying to come in my soul through the sin that I did. If you don't repent, praise I have a right to be in unforgiveness. I have a right to be offended. I have a right to live this way. If you don't repent, guilt will form in your mind. Condemnation will form in your mind. All these things will make your soul once again impure or contaminated. Soon it will get into your blood. Once it gets into your blood, the next place it goes is into your flesh see that's why that's why forgiveness is so important that's why you cannot walk an offense that's why you got to love everybody no matter what that's why God tells you to do this stuff it's not a command love people if you don't love your neighbors yourself I'm going to come down and slap you that's not it he said hey you want to live in kingdom health you want to live in kingdom joy let me tell you what to do forgive everybody Love everybody. I'm showing you the way to do it. You don't have to do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you want to walk out in front of a car, go right ahead. I'm telling you not to walk out in front of a car because you'll feel better if you don't walk out in front of a car. God always is uh, he's asking. He's giving us an option. He's telling us what to do. This is the best way to do it. This is how he does it. He's not a commanding God anymore. He's giving you an option. He's offering things to you. Hey, you want to get rich? Tithe. Just give your 10%, praise God, and watch what I'll do for you. I'll open up the windows of heaven. Well, I don't tithe and I'm guilty. Don't be guilty. Just live in poverty. You following me? He's given us all these things, and now he's given us something for healing right here. Praise God. I'll tell you, you know what the answer for the health crisis is? Health. That would eliminate everything, wouldn't it? That would take care of the insurance company. That would take care of everything. Drugs out there. If everybody was healed, what would they do, for goodness sakes? I mean, what commercial would play at night? My God, every other commercial. If you're up past 9 o'clock at all, every other commercial is a new drug. This thing will keep you alive. Side effects may kill you, may tear off your legs, may rip your face off, may do everything. But get it today. My Lord, Jesus. Tell you, they got no idea what it's going to do. But God's got a different way to do it. This is his way of operation, not only in your physical body and healing, but in everything. So if I make a mistake, if I get upset, if I do something, what am I going to do? I'm going to confess my sin. Why? He's faithful and just to forgive me my sin. And what's he going to do? Thank God, cleanse me. But now, I didn't sin. They did that to me, bless God, and they got it coming. I'm going to show them the old cold shoulder silent treatment, and they're probably going, good. Come on, wives, I'm going to give him the silent treatment. He's saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God, thank you. been praying for that. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See? So what do we want to do? We want to walk in this stuff. We want to do this stuff. When we make a mistake, no problem. Let's get right back over in the light. Let's not walk in the darkness for very long. And don't say, well, that's just the way we do it in our family. Don't do all that stuff. Just get back in the light. Get under the word. Continue in the word of God. Continue to purify your soul as you do. Your blood will be purified as it does. It's going to flow into your joints and your marrow and every single part of you. Praise God. And keep you young and vibrant and all those things. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, that's it. That's all I got.
you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.